Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on August 11th, 2011. For newcomers, look into the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com. You'll find hundreds of audios there to help you understand the system that you live under. The big system, uh, that's what is behind all that, that, as they often say. Uh, We're always stuck on the, the consequences of things rather than the causes of things. So I try to give you an idea of the system as it really is above the media, above governments, the big system that runs the world, all interconnected, has been for an awful long time, your whole life long, and your parents too, and how literally... Now, these, these sciences of understanding and controlling uh, poor populations of people are very ancient indeed. So help yourself to the audios and hopefully you'll get shortcuts to the, the big knowing or understanding. Number two, you're the audience that bring me to you. So you can uh, purchase a disc and books I have for sale at cuttingthroughthematrix.com because I don't bring on advertisers. I don't sell you anything that's going to make you live forever. And uh, it's up to you, therefore, to keep me going by buying the boots and discs. So from the U.S. to Canada, you can use a personal check, remember. You can also use an international postal money order. You can use uh, PayPal to order. Use the donation button you'll see on the com site and follow it up with an email with name, address, order. I'll get it out to you. And straight donations are certainly welcome as we go plummeting down into this planned uh, inflationary period. After bailing out banks, we're still bailing the banks out yet, but that's okay though, that's the biggest welfare state on the planet, is the banking system, and they laugh up their sleeves, you know, $10,000 the sleeves that is, and their suits all the time it is at the bottom. Meanwhile, we're supposed to be happy with government, be awfully obedient, and awfully nice, and complain about rioters in London who have no work at all, most of them. So that's the hypocrisy of the system we live in, it's always been like that really. And uh, I'll talk a little bit about that tonight. Across the world, too, remember, you can also buy the books and discs with using uh, Western Union or MoneyGram and, once again, PayPal. And uh, straight donations, too, are certainly, certainly welcome. Remember, all those sites listed also have transcripts for print-up, too, if you want to, in English. And if you go into Alan AlanWatkSentinel.eu, you can find transcripts in other languages of a lot of the talks. Not all of them, but a lot of the talks I've given. As I say too, we're always, we're so quick to turn on people, uh, and it's always the bottom ones who riot first because they're, they've, they've got nothing to hold on to. Basically, the middle classes are trying to hang on with the skin in their teeth to mortgages and jobs and that kind of stuff, where your government constantly, especially in Europe, throws money around in a circle to, from bank to bank to bank, and they just never have enough to stop this gap, this big hole to plug it up. Uh, that's supposed to be the EU banking system. What a scam, a con. It's even more amazing to me, but I should take it for real. That's the amazing part. It's better than any science fiction movie. 
uh, where does the money all go? We don't know. We're sending it out that way, you know. And, and that's the last you hear of it. But they need another plug shortly from you. And you, you volunteer divvy up. And then you go into austerity. And then you have to cut back spending at home for all the essential uh, systems that you already have built up. And when people start rioting, all, all hell breaks loose, basically. And the government comes in as though they, from a previous century, as though things had never been bad in the country, and tell you, you know, it's just a bunch of rioters. That's quite something else to watch it happening. And there's so many sides involved in the conflicts there because I get letters here from all kinds. I get from Marxist societies, from all societies, and extreme right-wingers and everything else. So you, you see all the sides that are involved in the effects of it all. And I try and concentrate on the causes of it because, you see, there's this people have been at war with the world for an awful long time and they never told you that you were the, the target. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back and this is Cutting Through the Matrix, talking about how we dwell on the symptoms of things. It's like, it's like you, you can't talk about the disease, you don't know, describe the symptoms. Um, and we see the fallout and then everyone goes tribal uh, in their different camps and they all turn on each other. Uh, as though they've, they've immediately forgotten the, the state uh, that's been going on, since, especially since 2011, but even before that too. Uh, when you realize that the whole of Europe was conned uh, very stealthily too, by the way, because many, many years uh, groups worked in secret to bring about the, the European Union and lied to their own populations. And they no sooner have it than even before they've, they've finished it all up, they're, they're, they're flooding the countries with mass immigration uh, and the countries already didn't have enough work because they'd already been given their, their work in their economies and their factories over to places like China and Taiwan and other countries. So uh, you understand there's, there's something else going on here. There's obviously something else going on. The people at the top are not stupid. And yet we're supposed to, and people do, they immediately riots start, they, they, they forget what's been going on, they forget 9-11 and 7-7 in, in London, and they forget all that stuff and all the, the things that don't match up, because we know for a fact that they wanted a police state uh, even before 9-11 happened in 2001. Bill Clinton tried to pass bills to, to that effect too. Canada did pass them, by the way. Um, and even the, the journalists at the time in Canada wondered what this omnibus law bill was getting rammed through for. And Alan Rock rammed it through in Canada about 1998. And it was literally a police state. So a whole bunch of laws were putting through because nothing was happening at the time. These guys knew where they were going with all of this, all of this stuff. And even Thatcher and her big tours across Canada and the world was talking about the New World Order and the biggest problem they would have is fundamentalist religion. And um, she meant all kinds, of course, at the same time, but she did stress the fact that the Middle East would be uh, one big target. So we're, we've been going through all of this planned, these planned changes and planned wars for a long time. And you've got to understand something at the very root of, of all of this, too. You must remember that the elites have had an awful long time. I'm talking about the banking elite, by the way. They run the countries. You understand that every country has copied 
a system that never worked for the people. Every single country copied it. Why? Because we're infiltrated and top guys were bribed. That's why. You've got international moneylenders, not too many of them, uh, and their families, who not only own uh, the central banking systems, which they got introduced, but they also own uh, basically your military-industrial complex as well. They own it all. I was looking through a CFR video from the CFR one day, and they showed you on the computer screen um, some of the big like Goldman Sachs uh, guys like that, how many companies they own. And there's General Electric and all the usual boys underneath them. And you can understand this is the power that a few families can wield on behalf of other people too, mind you. It's much bigger than that. And, um, and they get everybody fighting everybody else. And because, because people have no long-term memory today, uh, they don't, th- they don't really uh, stop uh, before they're even rioting. They actually uh, simply get lit- a burst of anger and pent-up frustration out in one go. And everybody's fair game. And it always starts at the bottom level, as I say. In every country, that's, that's tradition. That's what happens. But why would you bring in mass immigration to a country that Britain itself said many, many, many years ago that its maximum capacity for having a peaceful society was about 48 million, max? That's, that's if times are good. That, that's if there's work there too. And all we've had for many, many years is deindustrialization, service economies, mass immigration, lots of welfare, income the drugs as well to make sure. I can remember Maggie Thatcher when she said, that uh, she changed all the, the, the laws for the bars, for the pubs, because at one time they closed during the, the, the afternoon for a few hours, then opened up about five or six, and then again they closed around midnight. She changed it all because she's, and she actually said this, and it was in the mainstream at the time. She said, it's better to have all the, the unemployed youngsters in the bars drunk than having them rioting on the streets. And she meant it. Well, who taught her this? Because these guys are taught this stuff. Old stuff. Today it's drugs, of course. But to make sure it happens, because I really do believe that it's a big conflict they want to have worldwide with all of the so-called minorities involved in it because they need a, a, a world order, you understand. We're still talking in terms of countries. The EU Union at the top don't mention countries anymore, just like the United Nations. They call them states or regions. It's only the people living in the countries that call themselves, I'm living in a country, I'm in a nation. They still think they are. But they want a worldwide conflagration to bring in a standardized system across the whole globe. They've written about it in their think tank, um, the think tanks for the Department of Defense, their future projections. Rapid deployment forces came out years ago, the whole idea of shifting coordinated um, troops in action with other troops from other regions very quickly across the planet to any spot to do mainly with civil unrest. Long before you had their bank crashes, because they knew they were going to bring the bank crashes in. We, you know, government itself is so tiered, just like the compartmentalized within, uh, mentalization within MI5, MI6, uh, and every other agency, CIA. That's, you can, you can be working in a job your whole life and thinking you're doing all the right stuff, never knowing there's another group above you who are doing something to your own detriment at the bottom. That, that's quite common. Everything's run like secret societies. What do you think government really is but a secret society? 
Have you ever wondered about that? When they split off cabinets, as they call them, in, in, in government, and each one is, is, is shrouded in secrecy, they can't tell anybody what they're up to. That's what they call a secret society. Government is a secret society. The public never know daily who the lobbyists are going in and out to see all the top politicians. Why not? Why aren't the public good enough to be told this? But that's the way it's always been. And I can't see it's ever going to change anyway. So there's another game afoot here. Tonight I'll put up a video too. It's Tottenham after, or two weeks, or a week after the riots started to see the damage that's been done. And this, this is being used too to, um, bring in a new system of total, total police networking and surveillancing, more surveillance and more intrusion into everybody's lives. That's really what's, what's coming out of this. That's what's intended to do. Obviously. It's intended to do that. And, um, and meanwhile too, you will have your agitators amongst the rioters from different countries even coming into this, which they have been, and uh, agitating too. Some of them are Marxist, other ones aren't, and, and, but there's definitely a whole bunch of different professionals involved in the agitations. And that will come out much, much later after they've passed stacks of new laws. That's how it always is done, you see. And another link to tonight is, uh, is to do with the U.S.'s military plan for London-like riots, for the London types of riots that they expect to have in the U.S. And it says, uh, with British Prime Minister David Cameron authorizing the use of rubber bullets and water cannons in a week of the turbulent London riots spreading through Britain, questions have been raised about how authorities in the U.S. would respond to a similar domestic disturbance threatening the nation's ability. According to the National Journal's White House correspondent Mark Ambinder, the U.S. already has a game plan in place. If what happened in London ever happened in the U.S., the military has plans called CONPLAN, C-O-N-P-L-N, I like the CON part, 3501 and 3502, to suppress the insurrection, he tweeted. The mysterious reference to a numbered military plan generated a flurry of interest in Twitter as NPR host uh, Michelle or Michael Norris shot back. I want to know more about the military's plan to suppress any potential insurrection. Con plan 3501 and 3502. Interest in the con plan, which stands for Operational Plan in Concept Format at the Pentagon, Ambador references a popular subject amongst conspiracy theorists and critics of martial law. Current public policy organization called globalsecurity.org, con plan 3502 is the U.S.'s military plan for assisting state and local authorities in the event of a riot or major civil disturbance. Tasks performed by military forces may include joint patrolling with law enforcement officers, securing key buildings, memorials, intersections and bridges, and acting as a quick reaction force. Again, they planned that. I was reading articles about this stuff 20 years ago. And uh, because they, they always plan the future. You cannot leave anything to chance in the future if you hold true power. You understand that? And therefore, just like any big business, governments plan way ahead for all contingencies, including the crashes. They know darn well uh, when the bubbles have got too big and they're ready to burst. They know that. Years in advance, many, many years. In fact, they allow it to happen. Otherwise, they'd stop it, right? And they'd tell all the, the, the sharks to get wise and to, to clean up their act. Uh, Greenspan used to do that. He'd come on once in a while and tell them it's getting too hot, kill it. And that was a message to all the, all the guys who love blowing bubbles in the stock market to bring things down a bit. 
But no, this one was allowed to happen and continue because it's part of the plan to impoverish the people. And that's what it's about. And as I say, when everyone's fighting each other, it's just astonishing to see how quickly everybody divides into their racial lines. In Britain, you've got white folk really masquerading for the, for the television, as far as I can see, and just stomping around. Uh, and then you've got the Sikhs, too, supposedly guarding their stores, etc. It's, it's like some ancient city in the Middle East. That's what it's like, where you had your, your different quarters for different people. They call them quarters. And that's what they've turned Britain into. And just like well-trained, you know, animals, everyone runs in their cor- corner when, when trouble starts. And they don't ask why it's all happening. And they immediately forget, actually, if they ever knew why things are happening. They forget it all. And they start fighting each other. That's interesting, isn't it? I find that quite fascinating, how human behavior can always be predicted. And therefore, if you set up the situations, you can guide the outcome. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back. This is Cutting Through the Matrix and I'll put another link up to a similar article to do with the riots as well. How would the US deal with them uh, from the Mail Online? It's interesting the different wording they have because again, all the the media in Britain is trying to sway all the public to just go after one group, you see. And it says, as thugs have wreaked havoc with riots throughout the UK, many have speculated about what authorities uh, should have done to put the violence to swift end. And then they use the words like thugs and all the usual stuff, you know, thuggery and thugs. Thugs actually came from India. That's where the term came from, the thuggai, who were a a secret society, which used to go around, um, and they'd join up uh, merchants with the trails of caravans, uh, and then they'd garrot them, basically. And uh, they worshipped Cali. But, yeah, they're using that term now for the British folks. So it's, it's, it's quite interesting to see the terms which are meant to cause emotive uh, changes in, in the hearers to, to basically them make them think one way only. As I keep saying, why would you bring so many immigrants in, advertise for 30 years that if you want welfare, this is a place to come? I can remember this when they were doing that. Mainstream was talking about that. That there was, there was, they call them immigration shoppers, and they give lists that were handed out in different countries, and, and with a list of the countries where you can get different, better benefits and welfare and all the rest of it, and apartments. And naturally, what do you think would happen? What do you think would happen? Hmm? What, well, what did happen happens, and, and this is the, the outcome of it, because, as I say, even after World War II, even the general public don't know it, that Britain was given a period of, of about 20 to 30 years to de-industrialize completely. That was part of the deal, the New Deal, actually, and the Lend-Lease program set out by the U.S. government, prior to joining the EU. <laughs> Folk don't know what's even going on. But anyway... As I say, I'll, I'll give you two articles, and you can see the difference in writing and style. And also uh, an article on Google admits handling over the European user data to the U.S. intelligence agencies. We're all global anyway. I don't know what the problem is. I mean, I, I've known this for years, so why don't I admit, admit it? You've got a global uh, military-industrial complex r- running the planet with, with the bankers, of course. 
that Google has admitted complying with requests from U.S. intelligence agencies for data stored in its European data centers, most likely in violation of European Union data protection laws. Well, they've got treaties, so it doesn't make any difference to do all that. But they've mentioned that before they were going to do this, and they have done it. So I'm never surprised by what comes up. A new device that's come in too, and I can imagine, I've, quite a few years ago I read on the air about literally how they could tattoo uh, basically a microcircuit. They can do it just like it's, it's like copper anyway, but as a base. And you can tattoo them and, uh, and put chips in them literally. Well, his electronic tattoo could revolutionize patient monitoring. It's all because they want to help patients. They've made all this, they put billions into this technology, you see. You know that. They, they love helping sick people. I've seen that all over the world. An electronic tattoo could herald a revolution in the way patients are monitored, provide a breakthrough in computer gaming. So it's for computer gaming as we all say, U.S. scientists. They use the device, which is thinner than a, than a human hair, to monitor the heart and brain, according to a study in the journal Science. So it's monitoring basically your brain patterns too. The sensor attaches to human skin, just like a temporary tattoo, and can move, wrinkle, and stretch without breaking. Researchers hope it could re- replace bulky equipment currently used in hospitals, such as the massive cables, wires, and gel-coated sticky pads, and monitors, which are currently needed to keep track of a patient's vital signs. Scientists say this can be distressing, such as when a patient with heart problems has to wear a bulky monitor for a month in order to capture abnormal but rare cardiac events. Since the tattoo, uh, all the electronic parts are built out of wavy, snake-like components, which mean they can cope with being stretched and squeezed. I guess hitting the head with batons, too. It won't damage them. There are also tiny solar cells which can generate power or get energy from electromagnetic radiation. Yeah, I guess anybody with a cell phone, even near a cell phone, will charge it. Devices small, less than 50 micrometers thick, less than the diameter of a human hair. So... They can stick it on your body by a little sheet of plastic, uh, just moisten it and brush it on, and it's like a temporary tattoo. Well, believe you me, they do have the permanent ones as well, and that will come across the globe as they keep pushing all of this stuff step by step, getting used to the idea. And uh, In fact, if they say you might get, go missing in a riot or something like that, we can find you and, and know who you are, go and ID you and tell your relatives where you are, and they'll say, okay, I want one of them. Anyway, that's the world, as, as I say, it's just going crazy, but it's, it's crazy like a fox, really, because there is a war on the world, it's been on the, the world for centuries, and the populations never knew it. They end up fighting each other, because they, they don't see the real target, they don't see who's threatening them. Hacktivists threatened to destroy Facebook on November the 5th over privacy policy. Anonymous group claims networking site passes on information, and Facebook knows much more about you than your family. It says, hackers launch operation in video uploaded to YouTube. And a group of hackers known as Anonymous has vowed to destroy Facebook on November the 5th, the night which commemorates Guy Fawkes and the gunpowder plot. Also, it was that V, the movie, that they kind of modeled that one too. The hacktivists, uh, infamous for meddling with the American government for their support of WikiLeaks, has announced that they will focus on bringing down the social networking site because of its privacy policy. Uh, Facebook was started in 2004, has more than 750 uh, million users worldwide. Its 27-year-old CEO, Mark Zuckerberg, is thought to be worth $8.3 billion, according to Forbes. Well, he's definitely one of the highest security organizations on the planet. That's who made him who he is, obviously. And um, it says Anonymous, uh, whose members have known to wear Guy Fox hats, copying the film V for Vendetta when they appear in public, has launched what calls Operation Facebook. And 
they really ticked off. No wonder that, that Facebook has been the greatest stealth weapon for an awful long time back after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back and we're cutting through the matrix. And I'll put that link up tonight too. You can have a look through it on what Anonymous thinks of, as I say, the uh, the Facebook because it's disgusting, really, that everyone's conned so simply and easily uh, in advance, of course, by people who knew in advance what the whole operation of Facebook was meant to be in the first place. That's They did, too. They knew what it was meant to be. And I'm not fooled by uh, little geniuses that are portrayed in Hollywood uh, versions. I, I'd rather stick to the usual facts that people are created to be the front men for the big, the big agenda. And they, they are. They are created like that. You can create stars quite easily, give them a myth. And uh, we even know for a fact that Bill Gates was the same. Bill Gates was just like Monsanto. Um, if, but Monsanto, if you're caught with seed on your land, even if it's a mile inland from any road or everything, and, and a bird put it there, uh, then uh, tough luck for you. Apparently, according to all the judges in Canada, they fine you anyway for having their property on your land. And uh, the same thing with... with um, Facebook too. It's the same idea uh, that you put your information up and suddenly the NSA, everybody's got it instantly and, and they get funded too, Facebook, for doing all that. So it's really a, an operation for intelligence gathering just like the NSA and, and various other ones as well. And now thinking about the riots too, but it says Whitehall, that's there, that's where all the civil servants are in, in London. Whitehall's iPads, limo tours and free lunches at private clubs all paid for on plastic by you. This is when the whole country is told to go austere and pay green taxes and everything else and use less energy. They're the most taxed people on the planet, you know, in Britain. It's a catalogue of excess spending and government credit cards has emerged in recent weeks. Everything from a limousine tour of California to Apple iPads and luxury hotel rooms has been paid for on the procurement cards, such as taxpayers' cards. And when the civil servants are not flashing the plastic, their town hall colleagues milk the taxpayer-funded perk to pay for high-end international trips. Last year alone, government departments ran up £25 million in credit card bills on first-class flights, five-star hotels, exclusive restaurants and shopping sprees, not to mention the prostitutes too that always leak into the paper. Despite orders to tighten their belts and cut a budget, civil servants spent more than £370,000 on food. Uh, nothing but the best, eh? Golf, and non-GM as well. Golf, theatre trips and other leisure activities soaked up another £117,000. Almost £3 million went on travel, half of it on plush hotels and exotic locations and in countries including Mexico, Indonesia and Dubai. There are more than 140,000 procurement cards in use across government departments and quangos. But some of the exposed spending has sparked condemnation from coalition ministers and value-for-money campaigners like Disclosure of bills from recent years revealed that civil servants lavished more than £60,000 on dining at top-rated restaurants. But they can't eat like you. They're important people, you understand. They have to have red carpets and 
and meet foreign dignitaries and take them out boozing and whoring and I mean stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? And you can't have them going to some little dive that you would probably maybe just afford. It says they include the Cinnamon Club in Westminster and Covadis, a private dining club in Soho. Another five thousand pounds was spent on fast food. Nearly £500,000 went on shopping sprees on websites such as Amazon and stores, including Harrods. Mandarins also used the cars to settle bills at luxury resorts such as the Shangri-La in Sydney, Australia. In addition, more than £2 million went on away days and residential training at exclusive British retreats. It's emerged that on a trip to California in 2008, the Department for Culture, Media and Sport spent £4,400 on limos from a firm promising the most luxurious fleets. Well, they know how to be a steer, don't they? Margaret Hodge, then Labour Culture Minister, also blew thousands of pounds to stay with two civil servants in the five-star Fairmont Marmar Hotel in Santa Monica on a PR trip. It caters for discriminating guests seeking luxury and pampering, that's what it says there. The Department for International Development, which oversees Britain's aid to poor countries, should give it back to themselves, used the plastic to pay for £190,000 of flights last year and state grand resorts in places like Dubai. Two months ago, the Cabinet Office was accused of refusing to release details of individual spending by civil servants. However, critic Eric Pickles, the Community Secretary, has claimed the current system led to a breakdown of financial controls. <laughs> In other words, they're all utterly corrupt, you see. But you see, they don't have to follow the rules that you follow because they're important people. They came out of different wombs and, um, and they're very, very special. And you're all just, just the trash of the world, you understand. And, uh, uh, so you, and they've got big decisions to make, big, big decisions to make to save the world, save the planet and save all of you lot. And you can't help but uh, envy and, and, and commiserate with them, too, when they have to have tough decisions like where can they stay tonight, you know, with their masseurs and, and, and lots of perks on top of it. Now, Al Gore, Al Gore, I'll always call him allegory because it's a, it's a good allegory, um, who really has paid, played scam after scam on the public, again, launched like a star, launched by the media. That's how you create stars. You make sure they get lots of right-up, ma- massive access to all media. And they came up with a good con, and the good con, of course, was carbon taxation, which was dreamed up by the Club of Rome uh, for the United Nations to take over the, the world, basically. And uh, he's, he's, I've got a little video here where he, he actually pushes for an American spring, like a revolutionary spring that they have, like the U.S. is funding over in the Middle East. Uh, with all the mercenaries there. But he wants one in America, and it'd be interesting what group he's actually catering to, uh, to, to have this American spring. So I'll put that link up as, as well. And, uh, you, you can f- try and figure this guy out if you, if you know they're all con men by now, then I have no time for you, personally. A school ethics course is linked to Nazism, says Niall. This is in Australia, I think. It says, uh, con- Conservative New South Wales crossbench MP Fred Nile has introduced his private members bill to abolish school ethics classes. Now, ethics was awfully important at one time. If you do want people to have a, a culture, etc., and to teach them what ethics is all about, uh, and it says, arguing the course is based on a philosophy linked to Nazism and communism. See, their ethics course is the new one is moral relativity, where anything goes, basically, which is the same as elite use. Well, we, we do this because we can do that, and this is what we're doing. And it's the right thing, and okay, millions of you will be sacrificed in the process, but it's just the way it has to be. That's, that's basically the type of ethics they teach today. 
The Christian Democratic Party MP told the Upper House Bill would abolish ethics classes in public schools at the end of the school year, saying that with just 2,700 students enrolled, the program had been a failure. It's relative ethics, which is the basic basis of secular humanism, and I believe this is the philosophy we saw during World War II with the Nazis and with the communists. And he was dead on with that. That's, that's exactly what they were teaching. Mr. Nile told the Legislative Council. Ethics classes were introduced by the former Labour government as an alternative for Christian, for children who didn't want to attend traditional scripture classes. The Reverend Nile provoked anger amongst Greens, the Green Party and Labour MPs, where he said the dangerous secular humanist philosophy taught in the ethics course has led to the worst atrocities committed during World War II, and afterwards too, I might add. It's situation ethics. You know, if there's five in your boat and you're all starving, should you eat the one that's weakest? And, and literally, that's, that's the sort of stuff they're taught. And once you break the taboos, you understand, you, you, can, you can start to rationalize anything that you do. And that's the, that is the technique of the elite. In fact, that's how they, they use it as well. And there's a little interesting article. The CIA, there's a little inquiry. They also have little inquiries and things to do with uh, organizations that get caught once in a while doing something, they get a slap on the wrist. Federal judge says CIA is not in contempt for destroying interrogation tapes. The CIA director, Michael Hayden, said the tapes were not relevant to any internal legislative or judicial inquiries. The ACLU sought a, a contempt citation against the CIA. Uh, the move challenged the destruction of interrogation videotapes. And then the federal judge rejected the ACLU's contempt motion. So in other words, the CIA can do whatever they want, and any evidence they get in their own hands, they simply destroy it. And, uh, well, they, they, they can because, well, they can. It's <laughs> simple as that, isn't it? Understand, how can you have even prattle about democracy when you've got such secret agencies and you don't know what they're up to? People take for granted, like the movies, oh, they're there to help us. Really, no, they were never there to help you. Never, never. These are organizations that instigate uprisings across the planet, always have done, bump off any enemy or any character that won't, that won't take the central banking system, who's not for a globalist uh, mentality with a central bank for the planet. And uh, they've been doing this forever. And they run alongside the ones you supposedly vote in, but uh, you never vote in the guys in the CIA. So literally, you've got Secret Society running this, the show. And they ask them any questions and say, well, we can't tell you for reasons of national security. And that's it. No? Then it says, who's doing Mubarak's bidding in Washington? The Egyptian regime pays big money to lobbyists with big names like Podesta, Livingston, from both parties. It says, uh, as protests rage in Egypt... On Egypt, the close relationship between the U.S. government and the regime of Hosni Mubarak has already garnered a lot of attention, but it's also worth taking a moment to examine the lobbying muscle that Egypt employs to secure its interests in Washington, including a mammoth $1.3 billion annual military aid package. That's part of the deal if you want to do business with the States. You already buy so much of the weaponry. This is founded by brothers Tony and John Podesta in the late 1980s. The Podesta Group has been retained by some of the biggest corporations in the country, including Walmart, BP, and Lockheed Martin. Podesta's bio posts that if you want something done in Washington, D.C., you go to Tony Podesta. That's awfully similar to, to Mr. Mandelson in Britain because he had an ad in the paper saying, I am Mandy, buy me. And uh, in other words, he was saying that he had, he had all the connections if you want to lobby and you go through him. Everything is done this way now, isn't it? And folk still think they're living in a strange thing, this elastic thing called democracy. Not that I want communism either, mind you, because all the isms, fascism, communism, they're all the same. 
You just got another bunch of elite running your lives and telling you to breathe more shallowly to, to save its CO2 and stuff like that. It's just the same thing. It's just the same thing. And then San Diego police become domestic intelligence players. The San Diego Police Department Criminal Intelligence Unit has set an example for other U.S. policy uh, police departments uh, by successfully becoming active participants in the national intelligence community, according to a report from a nonpartisan homeland security think tank at the George Washington University. The 17-page report, called Running a Three-Legged Race for the Homeland Security Policy Institute, authors Andrew G. Mills, the commanding officer of criminal intelligence and counterterrorism for the SDPD, and Joseph R. Clark, a policy analyst at HSPI, describe how the CIU, you need a dictionary for all this, don't you, to find out what it all means, modified its practice to determine what terrorism threats exist in the San Diego area and how to collect relevant information on targeted individuals and groups. Well, as I say, don't belong to any group. It's best being an individual altogether because you don't really want to belong to groups because they're always used. And they never realize it till it's too late that they've been used for someone else's goal. Kind of like the, all the socialists that fought for the, for the Russian revolution. And then in the middle of the night, a coup happened and a, a smaller group, what's called the Bolsheviks, jumped in and took over. They all get used, you know. And there's another one too with, uh, it's called the incestual relationship with the rural council and the United Nations to do with Agenda 21 and how they're implementing it in so many different ways. But the USDA's forestry service, the forest service is also on the USDA's invasive species council and issued a report about invasive species titled addressing the four threats in an international context, which states, while the US is not party to the convention on biological diversity, now this came out with the 1992 Maurice Strong um, uh, coalition group that met in 92 in Rio de Janeiro. Um, Forrest, is, 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 they've not signed on to it, but they're doing it just the same. The, the U.S. always does this. They always say, oh, we're not, we're not signing on to it. You know, they, they claim, too, they didn't sign on to the League of Nations, but the U.S. funded the League of Nations to start up. They gave all the startup money. But they but told you years later, we always had a man sitting there with voting rights. They always lie to their own people, you know. Anyway, it says the Forest Service expects participants in invasive species working groups sponsored by the CBD to share information and establish guidelines for border control, mitigation and management. Does this vague supposed difference between the party to and participate seem a little loosely gooey to you? The Convention on Biological Diversity is a United Nations treaty that our U.S. Senate didn't ratify, so it seems like U.S. government agencies shouldn't be a party to participating in these working groups at all. It also says the Forest Service is a member of the International Union. Did you know that? For the Conservation of Nature. The International Union for the Conservation of Nature. This is called IUCN. An international partnership of government agencies and non-governmental organizations, the NGOs, they're all funded by the big bankers, interested in nature conservation. The IUCN hosts the Invasive Species Specialist Group, ISSG. I think they make all these little terms, so literally yeah, the average person hears it and they just give up. But uh, it's another con to bring you into the same world treaties as everybody else has been forced to sign on to. And I'll put this link up tonight as well, just to let you know how it's really going. Now, the last big war is to get all the children drugged as well as chipped 
but this is an article too. Big pharma's pushed to, to drug children, the last, mar- the last marketing frontier. Well, they've already done an awful lot of it, and this is from back in 2008. So you can take it from there to where it is now, and you can see how they really pushed it through with payoffs, lots of payola. There's always lots of payola and all of this stuff, eh? And I wanted to put up uh, uh, one too about the London riots where um, an older fella, an old fella, uh, from the West Indies, uh, and who was a, a broadcaster with himself, uh, I guess with one of the British stations, is asked by, is given an interview about the riots, and he, he can't finish what he's trying to tell the silly woman who keeps prattling on, trying to steer him back into the conversation. He's trying to see why it's happening, and he, he said he saw it coming years ago, which everybody saw it coming years ago. So it's interesting, I'll put that link up too. And um, you can really uh, see how things are taken off from from there. It, we we live in a world, as I say, where you can have as much media as you want, but you're still insular. If you can't fathom that you're bombarded with different techniques, all meant to give you what the government wants you to give you, which means your way of thinking, you'll never figure it out. And we're so quick to point and all the rest of it. But as I say, why do you bring in mass immigration to countries that they knew could only hold so many in a good economic climate, and we haven't had an, a good economic climate in, in places like Britain for 30 years, really. Now, there's some callers on the line. There's a Mike from Wyoming there. Are you there, Mike? Yes, I am, Alan. Yep. Uh, a couple of times, well, I've, I've got two questions, actually. Uh, a number of times you mentioned... Uh, that uh, Freemasonry goes uh, at least to the uh, 40th degree, if not on to 90th degree, and maybe even beyond that. But, uh, who is your source on that? If you go into, um, it's uh, Alastair Crowley, who was a, a member of uh, the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry. Before that, he also was a member of the, the Grand Lodge of England. Uh, going to his own writings, and he's got a couple of memoirs out there. And he also mentions that his particular organization, which pre-existed, by the way, has taken it over. It was already in existence, the, the Order Templi Orientis. They have 96 degrees. And you'll find that in his own writings. His book, he tells you that, yeah. Thanks. The other question I had is, that what is the relationship between Freemasonry and the police? And is it the same here in the U.S. as it is uh-huh. in the U.K.? Uh, well, and, and it's more it's more obvious if you know what you're looking at in Britain because they, they generally, the policemen generally wear the checkerboard around their hat, like the chessboard and a band. Hold on, and we'll come back to that when we get back from this break. Hi folks, we're back. This is Cutting Through the Matrix, talking to Mike from Wyoming about Freemasonry and the difference too between uh, Britain maybe in America. But it's not really different at all if you just look at all the symbols. Uh, you understand they, they keep telling you that they have a language of symbols. And as in Britain, it's easy to see the band around the policeman's helmet. If it's a kind of flatter helm, helmet they're using or hat they're using, they have the, the checkerboard uh, system around it. And... Um, uh, if you go into America, even the American Marshall, you've got the, the six-point star. 
Yeah, America is full of the ancient religion and its symbols in Washington, D.C. and elsewhere. And uh, it predates Christianity, all of the symbols. So you've got to ask yourself where it all came from. It's, and it is very, very, very ancient indeed. Modern Freemasonry sprung up in the 1700s and it's a different front for something else. Uh, where there's lots of payola for those involved, where they can bypass petty bureaucracy, as you say, and get to the top rather quickly. They can get bank loans awfully fast, uh, things like that. So uh, it helps them get ahead, but they're a front in itself. And it's Freemasonry around the world that made it their uh, part of their movement is to have all children's on the uh, getting chipped. That's on their own websites if you look them up. They're pushing the chip for all children. Are you still there, Mike? The U.S., I, I know police uh, typically join the uh, fraternal order of police. Yeah. They have all their lodges, but that's that's distinct from from uh, Freemasonic lodges, which they can separately join. Uh, is, is If you join, and I assume they have fraternal order of police lodges in the U.K. as well. Yeah, they have ads on television here for the Fraternity of Police uh, Association, for, for, as I should call the Fraternity of Police in Canada, their lodge, uh, and they have ads on television once in a while, yeah. So are, are, are there rituals pretty much just uh, duplication of Freemasonry? Absolutely, absolutely. Police are always told that it's a great insurance policy because the, the, the public still technically have a right to sue, sue you individually as policemen. And therefore, uh, it, it helps to get the guys to, to come together as a brotherhood to protect their own. As a prime, uh, as, as a prime command, you must protect your own. It doesn't matter what he's done. As long as he hasn't broken any Masonic laws. Uh, that's the difference. But uh, uh, they must get together and protect him, and so they get their books all rigged to give the same story. And we've seen that happen over and over again. Uh, but it's a, a, a big insurance policy if you're going to be a police, a policeman, and anything happens, these guys will stand up. So will the judge, too, generally. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, the gang mentality. Yeah. All righty. Yeah. Thank you, Alan. And thanks for calling. And, and that's the way it is. Now, there's um, Jane from Ontario. Are you there, Jane? I am. Yes. Hello. Um, yeah. Hi. My comment um, or question goes back to the topic of the group Anonymous planning to attack Facebook. Yeah. Um, the fact that they're getting media coverage. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, does that mean that they're maybe put there by the elite or at least the elite's using them? Like there's been a lot of publicity in the past few months about hacking, mm-hmm. which could yeah. be a preparation for cracking down on... Yeah, well, we'll never know. We'll never know. What, what we do know is with the, the hacking that's going on, these are never 18 or 19-year-olds as, as they try and portray them. Uh, I mean, some of these characters here have to have been way up in, in very high-tech fields. It takes years to achieve to become uh, proficient enough to hack such important sites. We'll never really ever know. But obviously, they've given handouts to the media. And, uh, and the media is picking up on it. And they will, you understand that it's time now for the internet to be completely policed. That means that you'll have to second guess everything that you do before you send an email or whatever, because everything is, yeah, every, everything's got to become politically correct. And, and that's a way of training us then through the computer. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. Yeah. But th- thanks for calling. Okay, bye. Bye now. Because a few of these groups have emailed me and, uh, and I know they're really ticked off if they're really serious about all these things of what's going on. I don't blame them. We're in a corrupt system that's blatantly corrupt. From Hamish and myself, Ontario, Canada, it's good night, me, your God or your God's go with you.